Alright, guys, I don't know, I feel like I say, you are back, we are back, we are here every time, so while I just said it, I'm going to have to come up with a new intro um, going forward for what it is, you know, how we open this this up. Yeah, um, I mean, did we ever really leave? Well, I, I mean, guess we don't. We 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 disappear from people's lives for a week at a time, yes. sometimes more. Um, so we do leave per se, but the but the library exists. Yeah. So if you're new to the show, you can go back um, and hear me say that over and over and over again. Um, and normally we would start this show out and we would talk about other sports in this city. And I, and I'm going to tell you, I don't have it in me. Um, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and live in the negative. I'm not even going to mention a team's name. Um, just, we're going to talk all fantasy because I can't do it to myself. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, I, I kind of shied away from the, and I'll I'll bring it up so people know what the hell we're talking about. I'm sure they do. The Sixers. We're, we're not going to talk about that no, today. That's as far Two. as we're going into it. It's, it's... Yeah. I'm not going to live in the. I can't live in the negativity. You know, there, there's yeah. just after the year everybody's had, and and um, I just think I'm also at an age where like I, I can't do it. You know, like <laughs> I don't blame you. I was mad I really last don't. night, and I went to bed, and I woke up, and I was just like, I can't have this affect my life this way. So um, that's as far as we're going to talk about the Seventy um, Sixers uh, today. Uh, we're here to talk about fantasy football. Uh, I did the math today. I did the countdown for our home league. We are 10 Sundays away. After this wow. Sunday, we'll be in the single digits. Um, so really, I mean, we're getting to be in the home stretch. And I know it feels like this is early because it's June. But we're getting yeah. into the home stretch. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of nine more records until you know if we decide we're going to do a lot more per week nine shows till we draft and most people draft um that's not a lot no I, and i will i do plan on doing more shows and and um the peak give you guys a peek behind the curtain that may be more of me and you depending on your schedule depending on my schedule right. i may have to bring um some other people on to fill in some of the gaps but i want to make sure that we hit a, a good amount of subjects as we get closer in. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're, you know, because it is June and not July and August, we can move at a, a little slower of a pace and really, really dig into some of these these things. You know, it doesn't have to move as fast because we're, we're crunched for time. Right. You know, we can, we can discuss a little bit. I don't want to say niche, but we can discuss a little bit more pet things right nuances yeah yeah then then we can later when it's got to be like ah we got to cram as much information in as possible bringing it to the people yep um so i would be remiss to say um when we get we'll get to like the subjects at hand but um i would hope if you guys are listening you're familiar with our website but uh, i put up for this year um, I had the early ranks with a ranking narrative. Uh, I'm calling that a draft atlas um, for this season. Um, it is a very large document. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I when I put it all into Word, so uh, I do all my work in Google Docs because it's easy for me to just have access to that document from home at work. Um, 
if I wanted to show somebody out out there in the world, if you know someone else who might really be into fantasy football, I have access to it right there on my phone if if need be. And um, so when I put it all into a Word document just to kind of get a count and put save it all somewhere in case Google somehow crashes, um, it's thirty seven pages long. That's that's insane. I said it was your dissertation. I mean, for this season, <laughs> and I still <laughs> like I'm done with that, but I still haven't done projections yet. It's you amazing. know, like yeah. it's the you don't realize like when you write down a a, a paragraph for 36 receivers, 36 uh, running backs, 20 tight ends, 20 quarterbacks, just how much information you're putting in there and, and how easy you can go from a paragraph to two. And for some people, it's not easy to even get to a paragraph, but you start writing and you sit down and you think and you look stuff up. It's very easy to get a little silly with it. But that's my plan going forward every preseason is to um, – Put together a comprehensive document. It is dense. It's not intended to be read at one shot. Um, oh man, I read it all. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, like when I sit down and, and look, it's free. You know, it's posted up there. So even if you think I'm a dum dum, it's you, free. You, listen, if you feel like it, donate to Jack's Venmo account. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not even posted but um the reality is is we do this for free i did that for free one is is i might not have been doing as much in-depth research but i'd be doing the research anyway um this was the first time i did such a uh, um a look but um yeah i wanted to see you know you and and i and we talk fantasy all year round we listen to other fantasy podcasts and i wanted to take a stab at what would it look like if i did it Right. Yeah. You know, and I've really had a good time putting it together. Um, I could move at my own pace and, you know, I think it's a good work product. I'm proud of it. So go check it out and we'll get on to our subject of the day. Yeah, it is impressive. Very impressive. So um, to, to give you guys a little bit uh, behind the curtain, like we have a working document, but we go off script a lot and um, – we were discussing what we were going to talk about tonight um, earlier today. And um, one thing I wanted to start with now that we got the other stuff off the, the, the plate was you and I did two back-to-back mock drafts um, earlier this week. We did. And not just did we change our draft position, but I feel like this year, this feels like an old-school draft where... Um, there's a little bit of beauty in the eye of the beholder. So much is up in the air that uh-huh. it doesn't feel as scripted. No, it doesn't. Like it doesn't. Uh, the first two picks are, and then after that, yeah, it's not scripted. I remember, like in years past, like you could easily predict, like who the top seven players off the board we're going to be at least and even if you weren't exact like the variance would be small it would be like oh someone took a receiver at six rather than seven or someone you know like 
name name yeah. said top receiver or took them at eight and said like you could almost map out the first 12 honestly yeah 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 absolutely and i just don't feel like it's that's the case now and i don't feel like it's just at running back i feel like at receiver too you know there's some variance once you get behind beyond adams and hill depending on where you have them at one and two there's variance there whether you have uh-huh. Diggs or or Hopkins or you know like there's just a lot of um, stuff that's up in the air and and I feel like a lot of it has to do with how silly last year was but also a lot of teams have are revamping just what they do. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, yeah, like coaching changes, like that impacts you know play calling and. Or they're going to run more than they pass, like all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, you have that. You have um, the Rams and the Lions flip-flop quarterbacks, right? That changes a lot. And then you have, like, how many quarterbacks went in the first round of the NFL draft this year? Five? Yeah. Yes. You know, um, we know that Lawrence and we know that the kid in New York, um, what, what's what's his last name? Wilson? Is it, is it Zach yeah. Wilson? Yeah. We know that they're day one starters, but beyond... Oh, and Darnold is in Carolina. Like, there's just a lot of movement, even at quarterback. Lance which, is in Indianapolis. Yeah, that, that you just don't normally see. Um, and I feel like... I don't know if I got to say it on air. I don't know if we discussed it, but I feel like there's been a pendulum swing where a lot of coaches and coordinators went to like a quote-unquote like safe quarterback. And what I mean by that is they went for a guy that was highly accurate but did a lot of underneath throws. You know, wasn't really throwing the long ball. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of teams went towards that kind of quarterback and now the teams that did are looking for, <laughs> you know, they're making moves. Like So look at it, right? Goff is that kind of quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is that kind of quarterback. Um I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Darnold isn't that kind of quarterback. I'm trying no. to think of like who else like around the league where you're seeing that change. I mean, Cousins is still in Minnesota. He's kind of that kind of quarterback. I was just going to name him Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you're looking more for guys that can get. Oh, um, Trubisky or Andy Dalton in Chicago. You know, like. Um, I feel like it's and again, I. I it's easy to say because we're familiar with Andy Reid, but I feel like it's what Andy Reid decided when he was done with Alex Smith. And he went, you know, like, yes, they, they knocked it out of the park with with Mahomes, but I feel like it got to be a point where this guy can only take my offense so far. Yeah, like, you often hear that called, like, game manager, right? Yeah. Which I'm not fully sure that that is, like, completely fair, but they're not, they're, they're not going to go out and win you a game, you know? Um, yeah, like, they're not going to put the team on their back. No, it's, oh, here's another, it's why Teddy Bridgewater's out of Carolina. It's why, you know, like, it's why he didn't last in New York. It, the the safe player, um, it just doesn't, I, I, I don't know. And I wonder, I, I and I say wonder and my fingers are crossed even though you guys can't see me. But we're seeing a lot of teams not just go to a committee, like, like a two-headed running back system, but go to like these super clogged backfields. And I'm hoping that we'll see another revolution there too. And I'm no NFL coach, but 
I can't imagine it's good to have players just never get in a rhythm. Well, I, I'm. I here's the way I think of it, and it's almost kind of like baseball now, where you know, like you know, you don't you don't really have like pitchers going beyond six innings. So like you have like your starter, and then you have like a specialty guy for like the seventh. You have a specialty guy for like the eighth and ninth, like. And it's kind of getting that way a little bit when it comes to that position, right? Like, I you have you have like these specialty players for special situations. Yeah, I just I I understand, and I like look. I haven't looked at the data, you know. Like, I haven't pulled apart the level that they probably have AI doing, you know, not Allen Iverson, but artificial intelligence, but. I think that we've gotten to a place and as someone who finds statistics interesting is that we've gotten to a place where we don't know. We don't fully know if if we're reading the tea leaves correctly. You know, like uh, and the variance that we see and is it worth taking guy off the field to put a specialist in and, and the failure rates of doing that. Um, I just – I get it. I just don't know that the data will bear out over a long enough timeline. You know, like, it's easy to make an argument late in games that a guy will have fresh legs. But um, at the same time, we don't do that with offensive linemen. No. You know, like, and they take much more of a pounding throughout a game. So um, I just wonder if we're outsmarting ourselves. Uh, to a degree. And and it really also just goes to the point of they might be doing it to further and I and I to to lessen the reliance on a position that gets injured so much. You know, that might really be where it's at. Right. I I think yeah, it may come down to like money, you know, like you know, maybe trying to you know, like keep a guy's career going longer or uh, yeah, there's probably a bunch of different factors in that. Yeah, but again, I just I think when we go over a long enough timeline that it's and and look, it all depends too with what kind, what caliber of player is coming out of college and what they do well and what they don't do well, right? There's only so many like quote unquote complete backs that come out as well. So like, I'm not oblivious to that either. I just think having nine players um, to do one job uh, at a position where really like there's only going to be one on the field at a time. It just doesn't feel wise to me, but I'm not making a million dollars being an NFL coach. No, but like uh, if, if I'm going to use, all right. So if you take the most successful team over the last, whatever, 20 years, the Patriots, you would never take any of the running backs in, in fantasy football. No, but they're such an outlier. But they win, yeah, you know? but, that's, but they don't do that like they make a different a different valuation though. Like and that's not I don't know that the Patriots system is replicable. Um like you every team thanks to the cap is gonna be weak somewhere and they've you know, like but 
they're good in other places. Plus, they had a historically, you know, once in a lifetime quarterback, the that's most true. position on the on the field. You know, like, yeah, that's that's true. That part's yeah. So I'm not saying that running backs win championships and that you need a single back or even just two backs. It's just when we look at the outliers. I know the NFL is a quote unquote copy copycat league, but you do have to look at your talent, you know, and, and that is also what Belichick has done really well. There is, is coach to his talent, not his system. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, it's not like he hasn't spent high draft picks on running backs. It's just, you know, I don't know that those running backs gave him what he thought he was going to get. Yeah, I think, when I when I was talking about like situations, that that's what I think he cared about more than anything. How's this gonna? How's this guy gonna help me on third and ten? Versus, I, you know what I mean? Like, it, and maybe they use analytics to figure that out. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I just think they see who's playing well that game. Well, that's, yeah, right. You know, which is like reverse analytics because you're just, analytics is supposed to say in this situation, this is just what we do. Um, yeah, like the and maybe they're going more with like the feel of the game. Yeah, the hot hand, if you if you will. Yeah. So all that being said, um, it may, all of these changes, all of these changes in schemes, all of these changes in coaches and quarterbacks, uh, you even have a, a player like Julio Jones getting traded. Um it makes everything. I, this is the most excited I've been about a fantasy season, as I as I've been in a while because of how much variance there should be. Mm-hmm. I think that's fun. I think that's exciting. I think it's fresh, and I'm hoping we get like it stays a little bit. Not that we're going to see that much tumult, but um, that we stay. We get out of this like performative or not for, performative, but formative. Uh, the list says to take this guy. This is where I'm going. And it gets back to drafting a team that you like rather than what the list says. Yeah, I I guess, you know, people want – you may want to draft your team a certain way. Maybe you want – you know, if you're – if you're like a in a points per reception league or a half, like – Maybe you all your running backs, you want them to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. That's your strategy. You know, and or like high volume uh, receivers versus like home run hitting receivers. Like maybe that's the way you want to build your team, right? Yeah, and I think I just think this year you're going to get that. You're going to have a little bit more like quote unquote freedom. Um. In that, because I just think that, again, there's so much variance. When I look at, not that I used other people's ranks to, to develop my own, but when I look at them, there's just a lot of variance. And a lot of, like if you listen to different people talking, a lot of variance in who they think is a breakout or a bust or a quote-unquote sleeper. Like, uh-huh. there's just a, like such a different, you know, like different range of, of names. It's, I, th- I find it to be really fun. Like, really engaging and really fun. I'm with you there. So, on that note, you had brought up to me, um, 
I guess right after we recorded last week or in the you know in between when we recorded last week and and this week um, that a player after we did our our three players we like three players we didn't like those names haven't changed uh-huh. um, if you haven't listened you can go back and listen but you had mentioned a name um, that you didn't get to add to that list and and maybe it wasn't a player I quote unquote don't like but a player that I think is going to disappoint yes and it could be a shocker but it's uh Justin Jefferson um he had a historic year for a rookie last year he had like 1400 yards what 80 something sorry I don't have the stats right in front of me but I think he had like 80 let's see I got it right here 88 re- uh, receptions okay. he was targeted 125 times seven touchdowns that's pretty amazing for a rookie. It's a, um, I mean, it was good enough to be wide receiver six. You know, like right. so. Not only is it amazing for a rookie, it's a good seat. It is a an excellent fantasy season. So for a guy I picked up off of waivers. Yes, he, he yeah right. Like he's a rookie. You know, like traditionally rookie wide receivers have hard time adjusting to the NFL. It's changing some, but not at this rate. Right. You know, it used to basically, we used to talk about rookie receivers the same way we do about tight ends that it takes three years, you know, like um, now it's basically like it takes one year. And by the second year you see a breakout, but you usually don't see it. This, you know, this volume as a rookie. Mm -hmm. I haven't looked up historically how, you know, where it compares to like say Randy Moss's rookie season. But I'd imagine it's it's up there, right? So right now he's the what eighth receiver going off the board, and I mean he's wide, like, yeah he's my wide receiver nine, yeah, and overall like twenty eighth coming off. So like early what twenty eighth would be early third, but third let's, right? Are you in the um? Average draft position? Yes. Okay. So, um, just keep keep going. Okay. So, my th- I guess my theory or, like, he's going to be drafted pretty high. And I don't think he's going to be able to deliver those stats that you want this year. Um, several reasons. Um, the offense he's in, the quarterback he has, like, uh, they don't throw the ball that as, as with that much volume, I guess. They are not a high volume passing offense. Yeah. Um, so I, listen, he's going to be good. He's probably going to give you over a thousand yards. I just don't think he reaches that 1,400-yard range this coming year. So people are going to draft him high. They may be a bit disappointed. So Randy Moss's rookie year was 69 receptions, 1,300 yards, 17 touchdowns. (sighs) The The touchdown, yeah. That's Um, ridiculous. Also in Minnesota. I'm just going to look at who, like, rookie season's... Um, 
of recent memory. Anquan Bolden, his rookie season was 101 receptions, 1377, and eight touchdowns. Um, they're two of the names that you you know you yeah. should know. Um, so his 1400 yards is up there with some of the best, if not eclipsing the best wide receivers in the history of football. Mm-hmm. So um, remember when you look at something like that and you hear that, um, yeah, I, I guess how, how you, repeatable point, is yeah. that is, is your point like not, so not only yeah. do you have a low pit volume passing offense, but you've got a historic season, right? Yeah. Like, like I, I like him. I would want to pick him. I just don't know. Like, if if I want to pick him that high, so and thinking he's going to replicate that for me. So wide receiver, I have meant nine. I believe his consensus eight. Um, when we look at um, the average draft position, so we're saying it's a, it's an early third. Um, but let's look at who he's going around because that's always a good. Mm-hmm. A good judge there. So um, Justin Jefferson's pick twenty eight. So I'm going to name you some names of of the players he's going around, and you you tell me. Um, it looks like quarterback two is off the board around an average of pick twenty seven. Um, Josh Allen, um, DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen. I mean, do you dislike him more than you like some of those other names there? Well, Swift, like I like him better than Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, about? I don't know. Yeah, what about Darren Darren Waller or J.K. Dobbins? I like him better than Dobbins. Waller, I think that's a wash for me. Keenan Allen, the same thing. Um, I feel like I see Keenan Allen getting more touchdowns this year than him and around the same yardage. Uh, and who's the other receiver you named? Oh, Michael Thomas. That's a tough one because it's hard to say right now in, until we know who the quarterback is. Right. So I guess my feeling is, is like, uh, don't, I think that you're on, we're on the right track here. Right. What I, what I mean by that is is that um, he's unlikely to finish as wide receiver six again. He's unlikely to get 1,400 yards again. When I look mm-hmm. back at the history, when you had brought it up, Thielen had 1,300 yards in this offense one time. Um, Diggs never hit that volume. Um so I think that you are drafting Jefferson a little bit at his ceiling. Um, I don't know that he finishes. I don't think he finishes as wide receiver six, but I I also don't know that he finishes worse than wide receiver 14. And the names that are going around him are not much to love, like to love much more or to like much more. Right. And that's, that's the conundrum of this year. Um, you're a little bit damned if you do, damned if you don't, because you can only fade them so far. I guess, would you be comfortable, let's just say, you you decide to pick 
two running backs, and then he's your first wide receiver. Um, let, let me look here. Because that's what would happen, correct? Like, or if you went, or if you went with a running back and a tight end, like one of the top yeah. tight ends. Right. Um, so I'd be I'd be comfortable, but I'd probably also be taking another receiver. Um, so when you start looking at, because what like what do you want when you're waiting? Is you do want a guy with with upside. Um, it's just that there's not a ton right around this area that have quite the same amount. I mean, Allen Robinson's a nice player. Um, you know, another a Penn State guy. Does he have top five upside? Uh, I don't think so. Right. Yeah, um, I don't think so. What about Terry McLaurin? Terry McLaurin's going right around there. I mean, yeah. I like Terry McLaurin a lot. Um, I have him won before Jefferson. Um, you know, I would probably rather have McLaurin. Um, but again, like, so as much as I like the improvement of Fitzpatrick over who played in Washington last season, Fitz, Fitzpatrick might not start that long. He tends to turn the ball over a lot. Um, and I just think that the quarterback is more likely to be steady, even though this offense is low volume. So, um, again, like if we go, you got the two receivers in Tampa Bay. Without one of them going down, they're capped from each other. Thielen, Deontay Johnson, maybe that's a player you like later. Um, if you're going to wait or not right. go here, but there's not, when you get later, they get a lot, even more speculative. You know, Jefferson does represent a little bit of a, of a gap between like, I don't think he has top five upside, but he definitely has a high floor. And I think that sure. Yeah, you're right. He does. Now that I'm kind of like looking at the players that go around him. Mm -hmm. I, I guess. Yeah. Like my feeling is I don't, it's going to be really hard for him to, to replicate last year. You just don't get that many receivers with that level of yardage anyway, like in yeah. any season, let alone a rookie. Um, right. So, and and last year was such a crazy year. You know, like it's tough to say who is what based on last year. You know, so many p people didn't play. They opted out. Play, people were sick and came back. And um, you didn't have good practices. You didn't have good film sessions. You know, not that it necessarily like assisted the offense is just we don't know last year was so crazy we, we just don't know um so uh if you'll bear with me real fast um what i'm gonna try and do as i'm gonna try try and do two things at once here um one is i want to look at how many receivers actually had 1400 yards last season but um in that 1,400 yards, Jefferson still had six point, six games under 10 points. You know, that's you, it's not bad for a rookie, but nonetheless, mm -hmm. um, he did represent 26% of his team's uh, passing targets. That's a that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, some I mean, of that, yeah. Some yeah. of that is because Thielen did miss some games, right? Mm -hmm. But they still haven't. 
there isn't a third receiver there. And as good as Cook is, he's not a big time. Like he doesn't get. He's not Alvin Kamara. Um, Irv Smith maybe gets more targets. I don't know, but like for a low, even though it's a low volume passing offense, he's competing with one other receiver in an offense that's shown that it can have a. 11 receiver, uh, wide receiver 11 and wide receiver 20 in the same season, even though they throw the ball so little. So I'm, I'm kind of looking at uh, some of these wide receivers, like really like the, I, I see two wide receivers that had more yardage than him. One was Diggs, who had like 1500 yards. Right. 1535 and Hopkins who who looks like is going right ahead of him last year had 1407 but look at the reception differences you're talking about 30 yeah. 30 more catches and 40 more catches right like yeah, just that, way more volume points. yeah way more volume um nobody i mean Ridley 90 catches you know and, and uh, Metcalf, like they're, yeah. they're somewhat close, but like Metcalf has more touchdowns. Yeah, so I think that there is a chance. Like we always get worried about these guys that have these explosions and knowing who they really are. And I mm-hmm. just, I, I think that you're onto something. Like don't draft Justin Jefferson. Expect sixteen hundred. You know, expect to use a rookie and got fourteen hundred. Yeah, Next yeah, year it should be even right. better. You know, yeah. like you're looking at. Um, just a lot of efficiency to, to get that yardage on 88 catches is a lot of efficiency. Um, you know, and, and the targets 125, you're talking about for Diggs and Hopkins are targeted at f- rates of 40 more, you know? So this is why we say don't expect the top five season out of Jefferson, you know, but a yeah, top like, 10 at wide yes. receiver eight. Okay. You know, like, just don't think you're getting the steal. This isn't Odell Beckham after his rookie year. Right. I, like, I wouldn't expect – yeah, like you said, like you expect players to build upon their previous season. That's going to be really tough for him to do. No, no. And then it's the, then you're going to have the disappointment. So right. I'm with you. I'm with you. And this is maybe about adjusting your expectations more so than bringing Jefferson back down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so say he gets 88 catches again, but 1200 yards, right? He loses 200 yards of efficiency and some of those long touchdowns that he had come, come back. I mean, you're talking about, um, you know, he, he, you're talking about, uh, what 10 catches of 30 or more yards. That's double digs. Yeah. Um, you know, four catches of 40, 40 or more yards, two catches of 50 or more yards. Like that's to about 38, like quote unquote, big plays. That's way more than the two players. It's probably the highest of, of anybody will that DJ Moore had more, but nonetheless, um, it's a lot. It's it a, lot a lot to expect, you know? So especially for a slot receiver that was not viewed as like an explosive player, um, coming out of college, not that our college scouting is always the best, but the reality is, is there's going to be some coming down to earth and you have to look at that and what you think for yourself of what coming down to earth looks like. Yeah. So, um, 
but I think it's a good name and it's good to, to have this discussion. So let me just make sure that I hit my points and then we'll move on to the next part. Um, Jefferson was a top 24 receiver about half of his games, 56% of the time. So the other half, he was a flex, so top 36 or worse. Um, but you're, you're expecting Thielen to come back, uh, maybe not to be Thielen a couple years ago, but he's still going to get more receptions that he had last season. Right. Um, and that it's going to cost you. Um, but when rookies have this much success, they usually have decent careers. There's not a long list of guys. I mean, you have to look at like Josh Gordon, you know, like yeah, right. yes. of guys who right. have this level of rookie um, success and don't have a good career. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it was a fluke. Right. No, but again, just temper it some because it's a low volume passing offense with a low cap quarterback. Right. Exactly. So um, one thing um, we're not doing like quote unquote players we like, and we're not going to call them. I believe that sleeper is a overused phrase at this point. Um, and we're not going to call them breakouts, but we're going to say um, what I posed to you was we're going to start with the quarterback position mm-hmm. and we're going to say, who's a quarterback going late um, that you think can finish in a top five. So in, in the past couple years, if you think of Josh Allen, you think of Lamar Jackson, you think of Patrick Mahomes. Now, obviously, these guys finished as quarterback one or two. We're, we're saying top five, not one or two. But guys who were very late-round picks, you know, the year that Patrick Mahomes finished one, I believe he was going he was going like the 13th round. Lamar Jackson, very similar. Josh Allen last year, I think, went around, around 10. But a guy who's going later that you think has a good chance at, at finishing top five at the position? So, like, th- this is tough. because, And the only reason I say it is because, like, now that, like, I'm looking at it on paper, like, mm-hmm. uh, Mahomes isn't on the best offense in football. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So, but then Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson – Dak Prescott, what do they all have in common? Like they, they, they run. can run the ball. They run or score touchdowns with their legs. I mean, that's extremely valuable. Um, it so is like, very hard for a pocket passer to crack the top five anymore. Yes, but nonetheless, we'll say a guy going later that is going to be better than quarterback 12 so even if you're not saying like i don't know that those names are guaranteed to be top five either but no point taken so a guy that i am picking is uh matt stafford and the reason i'm doing that is because of his change in situation i think he's going with now like everybody wants to 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 like anoint McVeigh as like the smartest person that's ever coached football ever. Who's ever touched a clipboard? Yes. Um like boy genius, all this stuff. Is he clever and smart? Yeah, he is. And I kinda believe he's gonna he knows exactly how he wants to use Stafford this year. 
and he's going to have talent around him. You know, I, you know, I was reading your dissertation earlier, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I get your points of like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Like they're not exactly like home run hitting receivers. They're really, really solid. And I they're know very like, good receivers, but they're not field stretchers. I think is that what I said. I, I haven't. I think so. Yeah, like th- that is mainly your point, right? Um, but they're talented. And so I, he's still I, in my top ten. He is. I think you have him as your nine. Yeah. Uh, Fantasy Pros has him as twelve. Okay. Um, Which I just pulled up his average draft position. So we're talking about. Just because we have guys ranked there doesn't mean that's where they're going. He's going off the board as quarterback 13. Mm-hmm. Pick 103, but this is on Fantasy Pros, so this is not going to be your home league. You know, you're not going to get Matt Stafford in the 10th round in your home league. Right. But he's going behind guys like Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, like I was like, so... I think he's going to put up a lot of yards, which he always does. But I think he's going to convert this these into touchdowns. So, I think he's going to have a lot of touchdowns. Here's here. here's the thing about Matt Stafford is you, if you got I, I just pulled it up. If you guys aren't that familiar, other than a two year stretch in 2018 and 2019, and we're not going to count 2019 because he only played eight games. He has thrown for over 4,000 yards. Right. Every year. Yeah. So, um, and he throws over 20 touchdowns. I don't think that that drops. No, I think the the touchdowns are going to be the things that increase. With, he had 26 last season. In his best season, he had 32, but he also was throwing to, you know, uh, Calvin Johnson then. But nonetheless... This is a high – they want to throw – they want to sling the ball. And I'm not sold if, – if you guys heard our Players We Don't Like episode, I'm not sold that Cam Akers is, is going to be Todd Gurley. You know, like I don't think that he's going to get 25-plus carries a game. Yeah, so I I think that that would be my quarterback. And I was toying around with – Uh, picking Jalen Hurts as my quarterback and really because I see him just running the ball a lot. Like, I'm not so sure he's going to be able to sit in the pocket and and pick teams. Like, I think the moment he gets in trouble, he's taken off. I mean, that was his scouting report. Which – Conversing the points, so a good fantasy quarterback yeah. does not need to be a good NFL quarterback. No, no, no. Like take Winston for an example. Yeah. So, um, that's a great point that you make. So I was toying around with picking Hertz, but like I'm going with Stafford this year. I think Stafford fits a little bit more because Hertz is going at pick ten at ten quarterback ten off the board um, right now, so he doesn't fit. You know, like this has got to be someone who's going outside of like. So guys, 
There's 12. If you're in a normal fantasy league, you're in a 12-team league. You might even be in a 10-team league. So when you get beyond quarterback 10 or quarterback 12, these are beyond what should be like quote-unquote starting quality players right. on in your league. So we're looking at guys who would be out being drafted as outside starting quality. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, just that was the other reason I didn't pick him. Correct. Yeah. So Hertz doesn't quite fit. I, I I think that he provides you it, it really depends how this offense wants to call wants to be called. Um we don't really like we have experience with Sirianni in Indianapolis, but the reality is is he didn't have Jacoby Brissett probably is would never be the as talented of a runner as Jalen Hurts is. No. You know, but probably also more likely to throw from the pocket than to just take off running as well. So like Sirianni hasn't had this kind of player that he's been coaching. So we don't know what this offense is going to look like. We don't know what he's going to do with Hurts. We know that the Eagles have tried to address their their dearth at wide receiver, and uh, it will be interesting. But I I feel like um, it doesn't bode well for the receiving running backs in Philadelphia. No, <laughs> it does not. So we just talked about Jalen Hurts. So my pick was Carson Wentz. Um, and I know that that like, I don't want to go off on a long tangent, uh, but I'm not an Eagles fan. Um, obviously, I see a lot of Eagles games being from this area and I I am exposed to a lot of Eagles talk. But this isn't me being a Car- Carson Wentz lover. This is me thinking in the talent that he has had, even in finishing quarterback nine, just in 2019. And being on what is probably a better offense than what that that 2019 Eagles team was. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, well, he's got a better line this year than he's had... I think last year for sure. It's not even comparable. The, yes. the Colts have a top three, at least on paper, offensive line. They do. I mean, the Browns, in my opinion, probably have the best offensive line in football, but the Colts are not far behind. Correct. Um, and it's like the the Colts, the Browns, and the Patriots probably have three of the best offensive lines in football. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know what happened with Wentz. Okay, he somehow was able to be go from like MVP caliber to like just really bad, actually, like bad. But like, wasn't like he was bad? Yeah, he was year. bad, but I guess. Who would have succeeded in that situation? They didn't really have a, a bevy of weapons to throw to. Right? Right. Um, they couldn't keep any quarterback upright. The running game left a lot to be desired. It was like, I, I believed, let, let me, I, I want, you know, like, what were the words? I think I used it for Hertz. 
So I want to make sure that I quote my quote myself correctly. Um, I know I have them ranked real close together. So, um, yes. So, <clears throat> an underperforming offense on an underperforming team with an under underperforming quarterbacks. Um, what else can you say? Like Travis Fulgham. Is your yeah? I mean, you're you're not wrong there. I I know that he threw the interceptions, and I know he fumbled a lot, and I know that there there seemed to be a, a problem. And I think what I had said last season was my worry about Wentz was about his internal clock being broken and and running from shadows, basically. And that remains to be a concern, obviously. But when I look at this list, going you know past 12 um at least in my ranks you know like i don't know ryan fitzpatrick matt ryan <laughs> I, I don't think matt ryan has it in him to be a top five again i or mean top six no but can he be better than wentz well he's gonna throw it more for sure he's gonna throw it more but um I I'm I'm not sure that Matt Ryan's not just again like a nine through twelve player at this point in his career. He'll finish as a top twelve, but I don't think he is top five anymore. His um, Matt Ryan's points are were like his best seasons were heavy Julio seasons. And I'm not saying that Calvin Ridley isn't a great wide receiver. I just don't know that he's at his ceiling is being as good as Julio Jones's ceiling was. So my my concern with Wentz is he doesn't have the greatest of wide receivers in Indianapolis. No, like, but they've got a lot Hilton of Hilton is like real long in the tooth. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. not my uh, argument. Not my yeah. not going to get an argument out of me there. I think that they have some underrated younger guys though, and they're not. Yeah. I'm not sitting here saying they're you know anybody of those of that young talent. I'm not saying you know that they're top five receivers in the and in the NFL. But I do think that there are they they are good enough. And again, when you look at his history in Philadelphia, he had a long in the tooth Alshon Jeffrey. You know, like he hasn't had the best of weapons. It's probably better than McNabb's were here. Yeah, but he hasn't had the best of weapons here either. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's going to a coach that he loves, that knows how to that that it, that wanted him. him. Yes. So that that is positive. And he's going to positive. The line's positive and they've got a very good run game that yeah, should they keep start at running back. It should uh, keep teams honest. So yeah, Jonathan Taylor is going to be fantastic, I think. And Hines is would you consider Hines your your receiving back? He's your receiving back. So yeah. um to bring it back to a Philadelphia standard, you've got um, 
Hines would be your like obviously he's not as talented, but he would be your like early career Westbrook. Taylor would be your Deuce Staley, and uh, Marlon Mack would be like your Corral Buckhalter. Right. I think that's a fair. When we had the three-headed back system, I think that's a fair statement. It's just that Naeem Hines probably couldn't lace Brian Westbrook's shoes. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, that's the breakdown you'd be looking right. at. Like when you're looking at rushing to passing receivers, you got one that kind of does both, one that's more specialist, and one that's more, you know, the pure runner. And I think that those guys fit in their roles very well. And I think with a good offensive line and keeping teams honest, even with lesser talent at wide receiver, and again, to bring it back to Philadelphia, they're better than James Thrash and Todd Pinkston. Listen, like, I hope he does well just because, like, I was a fan. So, like, I, I'm not. He's so, a likable guy. I'm he not... absolutely is. Um, and I'm not so sure. Like something happened within that locker room that, like, kind of like either destroyed his reputation, whether it was his doing or somebody else's doing. Um, well, look, look at look. It got the coach is gone. He's gone. Alshon Jeffrey's gone. Deshaun Jackson is gone. And not that those guys don't deserve to be gone, but clearly there was dysfunction. For sure. And whether that comes from even further above than the head coach, which, you know, if you're in this area, that's where people will point the finger. But nonetheless, it points to major dysfunction. Yeah. So, look, I'm not saying Carson Wentz is going to be quarterback too. But I think that the value, if you're looking at me saying, like, I'm going to really wait on quarterback, why not? So... I want to do your exercise that we just did with Jefferson mm-hmm. and with guys going around him. Going so, around Carson Wentz? Going around Carson Wentz. So you have Baker Mayfield, who's going, like, I'm looking at Fantasy Pros. I'm not sure mm-hmm. where you have. That's where I'm, that's where I'm looking. A okay. Baker, Baker I have behind Wentz. Baker is my... Quarterback 18. Okay. Um, Kirk Cousins. Uh, I don't quite agree with this. So Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville ahead of Wentz. But he's kind of going to the same area, right? I'd rather have Wentz over both those names. Yeah. And I guess so. that's like... And maybe top five, it's just to, to, to outperform their draft. Or do I want – so right now Wentz is quarterback 23 off the board. Pick 177. I doubt in your home league he's going to be going there um, just because in most home leagues teams do carry two quarterbacks. But you're talking about when I'm looking at this, he's going around with the, the Patriots defense. Mark Ingram in Houston, Chuba Hubbard, the backup in Carolina, Kadarius Toney, Marlon Mack, Tevin Coleman, and then Baker Mayfield. You tell me. You tell me. You know, I can't make that decision for you, but 
if you're telling me I waited and maybe I'm going to have to take two later and hope that one hits, it's not a bad bet. Pick 177. Yeah. He's free, basically. Mark Ingram and Houston, another team that's got nine running backs. <laughs> David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram. Come on. Who's who's carrying the ball there? I am. Might as well be. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's my quarterback. Not that I'm in like love with Carson Wentz. I just think if you like if you like Kirk Cousins, give me a guy that's at least willing to to throw a more risky pass. You know, like interceptions aren't worth that much net that many negative points depending on your league. You know. Yeah. Safe does you have to at some point in your draft, you have to swing for the fences. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean that's the only way you're gonna win, I I think. Just like in, in you have right, to take risks, you know yeah, what I mean? Just like in real sports, not fantasy sports, like winning championships is hard. It's not easy. You know, a lot of things have to break your way. And if being com- just being competitive sometimes isn't good enough, but being competitive a lot of times means you've either taken a, a, a good bet that paid off or you closed your eyes and, and ha- end up hitting a bullseye. You know, like, but you do have to take some risk. If you keep going safe, you're go- your team's going to be very capped. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, for sure. You got to take a risk. No doubt. So, um, to the next position, and I know we spent a lot of time doing uh, talking about Jefferson, but we're going to do receiver second. So, who was your receiver that you like going outside of the top 24? So, as we were, we talked beforehand, just to compare notes. Um, we both picked... Uh, T. Higgins. Without knowing the other person's pick. Correct. Like, independent of one another. Um, I I like his situation. Um, Joe Burrow's coming back. You know, there's a lot of good coach speak coming out. Um, they haven't... They picked another receiver in the first round that will help you know, it will only help. I know this targets will have to be spread around. Well, but... right, A.J. Green vacates some targets from last, right? He's gone. Yeah. But they picked that Jamar Chase in the first round. Correct. So, so that will, yeah, that will help with Higgins, like, maybe getting open and, you know, he played really well with Barrows when, before Barrows went out. So T T Higgins has 67 catches on 108 targets, 908 yards and six touchdowns. So he talked about how great Justin Jefferson's rookie season was. This is a very good rookie season. It really is. It really is. Yeah. 
See, yeah, when we're talking about... It's kind of the opposite of how we were talking about um, Jefferson. Like, I do see Higgins building upon this. Um, Um, I currently have him behind Chase by two. Mm-hmm. Higgins. Um, but the reality is, is I'm more concerned about Chase than I am about Higgins. Um, and I say that because Chase did not play last year. Correct. You're right. Right. So when you miss a year of development, you remember like the big thing for the Eagles was making sure that they would have their rookie sign before camps because they had this ridiculous stat that was like the the ceiling when rookies for whatever reason miss their first camp, like the rate at which they have successful careers it drastically drops. And not that we have got a good history of when a guy misses like a full season, but I, a player I think of is Jadavian Clowney. Uh-huh who opts out of his final year of eligibility in college. And I feel like I get the reason, like get paid. You know, I, I, it, it's something where like at, at some point we have to look at doing something with how, with players coming out of high school and then playing for free and also like health insurance and ending their careers and, and what happens, you know, like guys who tear their ACLs in, in college and, millions of dollars left on the table and they're not earning anything and, and what jobs they're going to be going to when they go back home and, and all that good stuff. So I get why he did it. But I also wonder, like losing that last year of your development, you can only do so much in a gym. Right. You know, <laughs> I, I I don't care what lifelike drills you do. It's not playing a game. And I just, I you just wonder. You just wonder. And I'm not saying that Jamar Chase is going to have a bad NFL career. I think given the circumstances, it is what it is. Yeah. But you know, it's not optimal. It's not. So, um, so like, um, so the, re- kind of the reason I was picking Higgins is because under, when he played with Barrows, he was a wide receiver 11 during that time um, before Barrows went out. So, I mean, take that for what, what you want. Um, the, the, would that uh, extrapolate over the entire year? I don't know. But I think he's somebody that could finish in the top 24. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I th- I mean, I I would say that Higgins has a top twelve upside. Uh, when you're talking about nine hundred eight yards and six touchdowns, your rookie year, right? So this is again, we talked about how much growth could Jefferson have at fourteen hundred. There's room for growth here. There's a path to growth with, um, because not just is A.J. Green gone, but they shipped Giovanni Bernard out as well, who's another receiving player. Yeah. So um, even with adding Jamar Chase, there's still a path to from um, 
68 catches to 88 catches. You know, like there still is a path to that. So his his upside should be top 12. But if Chase ends up being what his scouting report is, well, you can only have but so many top 12 receivers on a team. Like that's right. that's the push and pull. Yeah. Um, and I see. Yeah, I don't see that with a rookie. Chances are that's not what happens with a rookie wide receiver. No, but if but if Chase gets 908 yards on 108 targets, you might end up with two top 24 receivers, right? Like, mm-hmm. and right now they're both going outside the top 24. So good bet on both. Um, but I think Higgins has a top 12 upside because yeah, I agree with you. I don't know that the chances are in, in Chase's favor, even with the history of playing with Burrow at LSU. Um, the other guy that was, that I was leaning towards was, uh, Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson is currently, um, let's see, cause I think he is my wide receiver 24, but Deontay Johnson is currently the 24th receiver. It's going off the board. Okay. Um, let me just look where I have him. He's not my 24. Am I this high on him? Pardon me while I go through my list. He's my eight. He's my 18. Okay. But he's the 24th off the board. So we're both in the same wavelength there too. Um, he just has to stay on the field. I think that's what both of us would so, like, just a little bit about him. He had 144 targets last year. That's six amongst, amongst all wide receivers. 22% of his team's passing offense. Right. Um, and here's a stat I thought was pretty interesting. Um, so, he only averaged 6.4 yards per target. So, believe it or not, here's here's the concern, and, I, and I'll let you finish. Ben Roethlisberger's average depth of target last season was 6.9. <laughs> right. So, don't expect much deeper. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, that is the concern is the quarterback. Yeah. But what I liked with this stat said was, so – he, if he had one more yard average per target, he would have finished wide receiver 14. I mean, that's pretty telling. Um, I, and, you know, I, I like, you know, what ifs, right? It didn't yeah. happen. But there's the potential there with all the targets he's going to get. Well, I like him. Oh, I like, he's my 18, you know, like I'm, I'm on the high end of expert consensus rack and I'm also much higher than average draft position. Um, but you, you also have to look at, um, they drafted a running back and not, I'm not saying the running back, the running efficient, they really didn't address their offensive line. So I'm not going to say the running efficiency is going to be better. But there's going to be an amount of, if you remember with when Bell was there, where Ben would drop back, and if nothing was there, he would just throw to Bell. 
Um, I don't know that that I don't know if we go back to that or if he continues to go to three, four or double looks in progressions, you know, like I think that there's a ton to like about Johnson. I think that there's a ton to like, I, I don't know that Pitts Pittsburgh threw the ball. I think over the last like two or three years have thrown the ball more than any team in football. Oh yeah. They tossed it around. Um, now like I'm looking at fantasy pros and Chase uh, Claypool's going ahead of him. I don't no, know if I agree with that. I would not. Yeah. So again, when you're talking about bets, when you're talking about um, bets of a player, what's baked into so much of Chase Claypool last year is that ridiculous game against the Eagles. He had five touchdowns, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he... So where you get a lot from Claypool is targets per route run. He does not line up on the field that much. He's not part of their base set. It's just when he does line up, he does get targeted. But you're not going to see that that level. It's just an impossible... It's impossible to remain that efficient. Yeah, I... I... Yeah, like when you're talking about bets, I would bet that I, I guess like they're trying to say athleticism, right? So again, he was a rookie. Yes. He's like a freak athlete. He's six right? four, he's a big bodied guy. You know, he is a freak athlete. But again, you have to look at what is it that their quarterback is capable of and what does this guy do well? And I think that that favors Deontay Johnson. Me too. I think that, like you could see by the end of the year, Ben's arm strength was waning. And that 6.9 average depth of target, so what that means is air yards to your target, was low. It's it's the lowest of any quarterback to finish in the top 14. I just think that that favors Deontay. I think that, again, if we're going to do a comp, I think that makes Claypool like a Mike Evans. Very touchdown dependent. Which yeah, is a- like I, so I'm looking at his stats from last year. Yeah. Claypool's, he's got 11 touchdowns. So like almost half of those came in one game. In one game, yeah. So you got to spread five other touchdowns for 16 games, like or 15 games. Well, remember, so you have five in in Philadelphia, and then you have one other multi touchdown game against Cincinnati, right? And then everything else is a random one, which again are hard to, you know, touchdowns come and touchdowns go. But it's tough to score double digit touchdowns as a receiver. It's not easy. Mm-mm. So, again, for what it's worth, and you're going to see changes. You're going to see changes with what plays they call at goal lines. You're going to see changes in plays at what, what they call in five and under when you have, when you spent a first round pick on a Complete running back. Yeah, a guy that can catch the ball and run it in. He's a complete back. Yep. Um, so I like Deontay Johnson a lot. Um, clearly, clearly, we're on the same like wavelength today. Yeah. Other than Wentz, maybe. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not. <laughs> that one is that. That's hard for me, but. I mean, not to, not to go back on it. It's just 
like I, I was using the eye test. You know yeah. what I mean? I think As it's a, fair. Because I am an Eagles fan and got to watch them play. And uh, by not saying he can't replicate what he did a couple of years ago. It's not. It's only going back to 2019. We're not even talking yeah. about going back. This to, isn't like five years ago. We're not so. talking about the like, you know, yeah. MVP finalist. You know, we're we're talking about just two years ago. Right. So, um, but. Uh, that brings us to running back. All right. Now, this is tough. Running back is real. Like, I found this to be much, much harder. Um, just because of, like, the nature of the position. Like, because you're talking about, like, opportunity, right? That's normally what you need. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like, volume but- is king for running backs. Yeah, like when I when I was looking at players outside of like our criteria, I'm like, I, I don't know. Like I, 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 you know, it it was just a hard exercise. But I landed on Mike Davis, who's now in Atlanta. Um, he has no competition there, and he. He served well um, in McCaffrey's absence last year. He was serviceable, for sure. He was serviceable. So, going to a a good situation, um, a team that has a lot of weapons. Mike Davis is currently running back 29 off the board. Yeah. And we'll go over the names, but go on. So... He's somebody that I could, that I think could crack it, you know, that would, w- um, to get into that, would we say top, top 24, like going top outside 24. the top 24 that can finish in a top 24. Yeah. So Cause, cause saying it going outside the top 24, that could go in the top 12, then you, like, good luck, good luck projecting that. Yeah. That, that's impossible, but I think he's somebody that could definitely crack that um just given where he's at there there there's no competition so um as of this talking there's no competition. yeah yeah of course they could always add somebody for sure um but last year he finished with just about 60 receptions eight touchdowns um, he finished 15th. Uh, now, historically, like, historically, like, I'm looking at his finishes and they're terrible, but. He's um, also been part of a, like, he hasn't had great opportunity. Right. So I think he gets the opportunity this year. So this will be his. Seventh year in the league. Mm-hmm. Last season was represented the most carries he ever had in a single season. But he also, 2015, 2016, 2017, he was about six, eight, and six games. Um, it wasn't until 2018 um, that he saw over 100 carries in a season. And then um, 2019, uh, you're still talking about 12 games. But... Um, 
I guess that is I, I'm with you that Mike Davis is being at least as of right now tragically undervalued. Mm-hmm. That being said, um, you really want to see a pass. So I think 24 is a good like he should. That is a good place, you know, mm-hmm. like rank 13 to 24. I think that if nothing changes, that should be a lock. But don't look at Mike Davis and say, well, there's no one else there. He could finish in the top 12. I don't see that happening. No, no, no. That won't um, happen. He's not typically to get inside that area. Either you need to catch at a ridiculous rate or you need to have a pass to 240 plus carries. He's never seen more than 165 in a season. I just and and Atlanta is not a heavy rush team. They haven't yeah, run but, the ball. So, yeah, like, I think um, I would say for him it's it's going to be more of catching the ball probably. So, so That's going to get him some points. So um, here's my write-up for Mike Davis, and this is why I'm going to – this is why we're saying look, think more top 24. So the running back finishes for Atlanta have been 25, 21, 19, and 13. Um. Gurley had 195 carries last season, right? So um, do we see a path to 195? That still might be tough. Um, But really, um, I think at this – personally, I think that you're right. Where he's going, if you're looking at your third running back (laughs) or you're looking for a second, that you need a little bit safer of a of a play, mm-hmm. why the hell wouldn't you? Right. I don't care if he's your fourth back. If he's still on the board when you're picking, um, where is he? Where is he going? Where was twenty sixth? Twenty sixth running back. Right? Running back. Yes. So, let's look at overall. All right, so the the names that are going, would you rather have Mike Davis or Chase Edmonds? Mike Davis. Right. Mike Davis or Leonard Fournette? Wow. Uh, probably Davis because Fournette has, what, Ronald Jones, right? Yeah, they're in a they're in a full on yeah. time split. Yeah. Um other players going around Mike Davis. Mike Davis or T. Higgins, who we just discussed. Right. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk. Um Juju Smith Schuster. Odell Beckham. Yeah, I and and so it see that only that matters like who who like, have you already taken two running backs and you're trying to fill well, in by receiver, right? You're talking like, about a late fifth-round pick. Yeah. So chances are you have two and two or some type of combination of that. Right. So you could do – I guess what I'm also saying is, is if you're hedging for your flex or for a backup running back, you know, in case one of your top two – 
running backs are hurt, it's not a bad player to have in your pocket. I'd rather have them James Conner or Chase Edmonds if you're looking at running back or Ronald Jones. Or Damian Harris. Right. Like, come on. Or Raheem Mozart. Like, no, the only other like running back that's going anywhere kind of near him that I might, I might, and I'm not going to say 100%, I might consider over him is Gaskin. Okay. Yeah. I don't want Raheem Mostert. I don't even know if Raheem Mostert's starting the season. Like, that guy can't stay on the field, right? No, but no running back in San Francisco can. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that if you're looking in this range and you have less than three running backs or aren't just, you know, really hurting for a position. The other players going around him don't offer the same level of safety. And I don't even know that they're offering that much upside. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Ayuk has some upside. He does, yeah. But, like, when you look at, I don't know, David Johnson, (laughs) you're not looking at Leonard Fournette. His upside's capped unless Ronald Jones is hurt. You know, like... James Conner, I, I don't know what his upside, where his upside is. Uh, Odell Beckham, he's probably done. You know, Juju, how many times can he disappoint you? DJ right. Chark, you know, like when you look at these names that are here, I, I, I like Cortland Sutton. That's one of the names going after him that I like. So on, on so yes, I, I agree. I like Mike Davis. I don't see a path for him to get 200 rushing attempts, but I don't think he needs it. Again, yeah. we're talking about top 24, not top 10. Yeah. So um, because I had used Michael Clark last week, I'm going to go with tra- another rookie, Travis Etienne um, in Jacksonville as my player going outside. So he's currently running back 34 going off the board. Travis Etienne reminds me a lot of Alvin Kamara. Right. Um, if they're smart, they'll try to use them that way. That's <laughs> that's the words coming out of Jacksonville. Um, do you see? So, do you see him more as like a like a you're going to stash him? I don't know that the, the uh, so here's the thing is you have a whole new regime and while James Robinson was a nice player last year I don't know that this regime is married to the idea of James Robinson being the quote unquote feature back. Mm-hmm. So you might have to stash him. He might be valuable week 1. We don't we won't know. But I think that there's a lot to like here. I just I think you've got a rookie quarterback who's probably going to want to check down. Yeah, this guy's going to be on the field on third downs. He's going. To, he might be on the field. Um, you think just, he's a, yeah, just more than more than we are are. Um, I think currently projecting. Yeah, like I, I'm all. So like. 
I've taken player like I remember taking like Devin Singletary from Buffalo and like stashing him for a couple weeks until like the team started to use him, figure out how to use him. I, I wonder if that's kind of the situation. Because uh, you're right, like you got a new coach, new um, quarterback. Um, you still have Robinson in the backfield. So I, I'm wondering, but like if if he's being compared to like Kamara, you so, might be right. So his his coming out of college as comp is Garrison Hurst, who was an excellent collegiate player, but you know had a, a ho hum professional career. Um, but here's here's I want I want to to say these things for people to hear. He had 78 touchdowns in his over four years in college. 78. 16 touchdowns were 44 plus yards. Jeez. Yeah. Um. Very capable of excelling on all three downs. Um. Let's see. Yards after catch, whose default running style is set to rampage. This is the NFL.com scouting report. Like I'm not reading you the Travis Etienne. Fan club scouting report. Hips can <laughs> hips can swivel and cut in any direction. Several scores came after hard contact. Loves to clean up a gap blitzers. Elevated his values. Receiver out of the backfield. Well, Brad, the whole picking up the blitz thing—that's like really important for like yeah. a rookie running back. Like, if you can do that, you're going to be on the field, right? You're not yeah. a liability. Rabid determination to beat tacklers with fast or force, right? So he's not always trying to turn it around. The, you know, that's always the worry with running backs coming out of college where you can bounce it outside, and then when you get to the pros, that's not an option. Because everybody's fast. Yeah, so some of the knocks, right? Um, drops easy throws on swing passes. Obviously, that's a concern, right? Um, lacks finesse along the interior at times. I don't know. Here's the thing is when I read those things and I look at who his his offensive coordinator has coached in the past, Marshawn Lynch, Adrian Peterson, obviously I don't expect Travis Etienne to be Adrian Peterson. Don't don't twist it. But I look at an offensive coordinator that likes to use a back that seems to be in this guy's skill set. I think that there's just a lot to really like here. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading some news on him, and you you tell me what you make of this. Uh, and it, it, granted, it's it's only mini camp, but he's taking reps at wide receiver. I love it. Are they just trying to get him? It sounds to me they're trying to get him on the field as much as possible. Right. So when I hear that, and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna say names, and it's not fair. It's not fair for me to say the names I'm going to say. But when you have a running back that you trust with their route running to line up at wide receiver, there's only so many you can compare that to, especially as a rookie. You're talking about Brian Westbrook, Marshall uh, Marshall Falk. 
Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the other running backs that are quote unquote three down back skill set that you're lining up outside like that. There's not many. Matt Forte. It's uh, Edger and James. I don't think that there's you have a ton of names here. Reggie Bush. Give it to me. We're that talking. Mean- about, we're talking about. If you're playing in a modern fantasy league that's at least half point per reception, hearing that a rookie running back is lining up at receiver should make you drool. Yeah. Right? That to me, that's again, it's it, it feels like an Alvin Kamara trajectory. I like it. I I like it a lot. So And where's he going? Right now? Yeah. Before people listen to this? Yes. Um, I mean, you gave away the secret. Gave away the secret sauce. So right now, Travis Etienne is my ranked 27 running back. But again, you have to look at I'm playing when I'm ranking. I'm not playing who got which guys I like a lot, a lot of the time. I'm wow. going on a bet. You know, like, um, I would love to, to have... Travis Etienne. Again, if you miss, it's not that expensive as a pick. Wide or running back 36 or 35. Overall pick 83. Hmm. Going around running backs such as Kenyon Drake, Damian Harris, De- Devin Singletary, David Johnson, James Conner are going a full round before. You tell me, what, what would you rather have? If you miss here, at pick 83? Yeah, no no sweat off your back. You're talking about this very late sixth round pick. If you yeah. miss, this should not be your second running back off the board. You know, like, probably not even your third running back on your team. Yeah. If you miss, it's it's a worthy bet. I could tell you I'd even be comfortable reaching into the fifth round. Maybe even the fourth Yeah, the fourth might be a bit of a depending, reach for me. Depending yeah. on what pick you have. So if you're an early pick, right? So so again, we have to game some of this out, right? Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, I think I lost you. Oh, well. Uh, okay. So if you um, if you have an early an – er, so – in order to have a late fourth round pick, you'd have to have an early first. So say you start at your draft. What the hell's going on with my headphones? Um, let's say you start at your your draft with um, Derrick Henry, right? right? So you have Derrick Henry and then let's late second round wide receiver. We're just going to game it out as best as we can. Say you went Derrick Henry, Calvin Ridley, um, Michael Thomas, and now you're in the late fourth. Right? Yeah. So say you go, again, we're late fourth. You've got two good receivers now. We'll say, now you're in this pick and you go, do you want ETN? And maybe you're going to take a different speculation running back. You can take two here. You're going to pick back to close to back to back. Do I want single or... I might be able to do Mike Davis and ETN. Yeah, there you in go. In the fourth and fifth, right? Yeah. 
you'd feel pretty good about that start and reaching two rounds for ETN if that's your pick. Right. So I'd be comfortable with reaching two rounds two rounds early for for a guy like this if I didn't hurt myself somewhere else, right? So if I took one of those one positions, like a quarterback or a tight end, well, then I might be less likely to reach into that fourth round. But I still think the upside is so good. Yeah, I mean, you're you're uh, you're convincing me. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely convincing me. Well, I mean, you don't even have to just listen to me. No, I know. You know do a Google search <laughs> on the guy. You know. Yeah, like I mean, if your if your comp is Alvin Kamara, like then. You're in good company. That's my comp. Like, I look at a guy who's going... Alvin Kamara, his rookie year, when when you draft him, I, I want to say in the sixth round or the eighth round. Um, wait, what, like his rookie year, was he had to be free, right? No, I think you took him in the sixth or the eighth. Hmm. You know, hold on one second while I fix my headphones. Ah, hello? Hello. Yeah, okay. They kept disconnecting and connecting for some reason. But, um, so they're probably dying. But, still doing it. Um, I can look it up. Uh, I'm not sure it's that important that I need to. But, my point is, is that when I say Chimera, it's not that I say this is like a, 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 a skills con, like, the best, like, quote-unquote, skills comp. What I'm saying is, is, like, a later pick who offers both can catch and run on a team that's probably going to want to use them both ways. Hello? Ed? Did I lose you? Yeah. You didn't lose me. I can okay. hear you. Okay. I'm just trying to figure yeah, out yeah. what it is I'm doing with these headphones. But um, so what I'm looking at with the Alvin Kamara comp is a running back who can do it both. I don't think he's going to see 80 targets his rookie year like Kamara. But might, I mean, you might be surprised. Like I'm thinking of a like a rookie quarterback might want to check down, you know? Yeah. And there's not really a great tight end in Jacksonville. Yeah, that's somebody else you would check down to, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so you might get a lot of check. You, you might, I don't know. Yeah, you might not get, yeah, you're right. You're not going to get 80, but. You might get 60. You might get 60, right. You know, that's 30 points right off the bat. And remember, our, we all, like, Here's the thing is we haven't and, you know, we can start to, to wrap up um, in a second, but we haven't adjusted our fantasy season, but we also are going to have to adjust our expectations of what like a season is because it's one week longer. Um, so he might get 80 catches because it's now a 17 game season than a 16, you know. Something I thought about was 
I, I don't know why we like I don't want to you know I know we're gonna wrap up but why as fantasy owners and teams and all that stuff why do we say how many targets and or receptions or yards that they got for the entire year when we don't go by an entire year so you know why we're doing that um not just we like yeah why, why we do it is to try and tell of like a full picture and for projection yeah um but we should really be looking at like weeks one through like 12 or 13 yeah. <laughs> um and definitely not looking at all the way to week 16 because again um Week 16 can mean not that much. Yeah, I mean, who knows what teams are going to do. You know, like, I doubt they'll rest players for a game. No, but you might not rush, you might not rush guys back from injury. Right. You know, like, that's where I see the difference being. Is like guys that may push through or guys that may have like a two-week injury and really only do one week. I think you might see stuff like that. Yeah. Every game that you add dilutes it just that much. You know, like it takes a little bit less importance. You know, it makes each game a little less valuable. For sure. Yeah. So in doing that, though, it might be better for the players in the long haul if they actually get to rehab their injuries for the correct amount of time. Yeah, they don't feel like they have to be rushed back, right? Yeah. So that's where I, like, if I were running a franchise, and that will never happen, but that's where I would try to use that, you know. It's easy for me to say, too, but that's that's the best use I'd make, or at least that would be also be my selling point, is that you won't be asked always to, you know, push your injury timeline up. You don't know that you won't be running yeah. a franchise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only costs like a billion dollars at this point. Right. Um. But nonetheless, um, that was our topic for tonight was, I guess, one player from each. We didn't do tight end. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know that we're going to do this exercise for tight end just because that position is so touchdown dependent. I don't know that it's a worthy exercise to go through. It definitely is not. <laughs> so we did yeah. the, the top three really um, in in that. So um We'll be back next week, and again, I don't know that we'll be back with one or two shows, but we'll be back next week with another um, heavy fantasy episode. If you haven't already, go to drivewayathletes.com. Check check out the tab at the top. It says Fantasy Draft Atlas. You'll see top 36 running backs, wide receivers, top 20 tight ends, top 20 quarterbacks, and a clickable link for the draft spreadsheet. I will go back and update this at different points through the off season, but this is a finished product for at least two weeks. Um, yeah, it's fantastic content. I'll, I'll say that. Thank you. Thank you. That's my, that's my testimony. I, I, it's uh, awesome. No bias. Um, None. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what you'll mostly see is maybe ranking shifts. I doubt I'll be adding that many players to that just because it's so many. Um, 
Again, if you'll see it throughout, I base my stats and my stat breakdowns on 0.5 PPR. Not just is that what our home league is, but I feel like that's a nice split. Um, it's not standard. It's not full point per reception. Um, I'm not going to do an additional ranking list for that. Um, just consider this a middle ground. Um, and yeah, you can figure it out. And you can adjust um, <laughs> at some point, probably in early July, I'll release... Um, the rankings in a tiered format and I'll release them in a top 200 um, format where it's not just positional breakdowns, even though I don't draft that way. I don't think that you use ranks that way either, Ed. Um, I do not, no. But people do. I don't know why, um, but people do. So I will do that as an exercise for myself probably in early July. So look for those additional spreadsheets to come out. Um, they are in PDF format, so they will be downloadable and printable if you want to do such things. Otherwise, we will be back next week. Um, we tested out some nicknames for ourselves, so I'm signing off as the Jack of All Fantasy. And um, uh, Eddie the Eagle. Wait, wait, wait. Eddie the Fantasy Eagle. <laughs> Eddie the Fantasy Eagle, yes. If you were a 90s hockey fan, you'll get yeah. the uh, reference. He, uh, Ed Belfour came out with a bourbon, by the way. Really? Um, yeah. Right. I think it's called like something about Eagle Bourbon. All so right. I'll send I'll you a link when up. we get offline. Yep. All right. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. All right.